All right, good morning, everybody. This is Monday morning, March 25th, and this is the Confident Coaches Call. Uh, huge shout out to those of you who are joining us this morning that it is your spring break. Thank you so much for making this a part of your day. So today we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, but I find that a lot of fellow coaches struggle with. So we're really talking about ditching the multitasking and really in being more present in the moment during the coaching process. So just as a reminder, some of you are coaches. That's kind of your, your professional job, right? Uh, and others of you are really joining us because you are a leader that would like to use coaching principles in your practice. So when I talk about coaching, uh, I'm really referring to both of those roles. So recent research proves that multitasking means that you aren't actually more productive. You just don't do any one thing well. So the past thought was if you can do more than one thing at a time, you can be more productive. But this is not the case. Now let me clarify this thought a bit before I move on. I'm talking about you personally doing more than one thing at a time. So this doesn't mean that you have delegated something to someone or you have some process that's kind of working in the background while you're doing something else. For example, I have many tools that help me be massively productive at the same time. Right now, while we're on this call, I'm having a past call transcribed. I've sent out 20 pre-scheduled emails those 20 clients are going to go right to my scheduling app to jump on my wall calendar for the next two weeks. I'm sharing even more ideas through my blog, through my podcast, and eBooks. And I'm waiting to hear back on several projects from various people who are, who are doing other things for me. So they are working. I am not. I am on this call. This is the best form of multitasking. This is an entrepreneur mindset. This is not what I'm going to talk about today. So most people are not of the entrepreneur mindset and they don't think like this. And maybe you can relate, right? You have a million tabs open in your mind at one time and you might not even be able to figure out where the music is coming from. And maybe you're at work or, or with a client and you want to really remain focused on your conversation, but there are so many distractions, too many things bouncing around in your mind or even events in real life happening around you. And this negatively affects your ability to influence change with another person. So how do you ensure that you're present in mind, body, and spirit before you enter that conversation? How do you honor where you came from and invite something new? This is what we're going to cover today. Are you intrigued? Well, grab a pen and let's take some notes. All right, so presence in the coaching process. As a coach uh, or empowering leader, you are an invisible mirror for your employees or client to reflect and evaluate on their growth. The power is in the process. 
Remember, as an empowering and influential coach, we don't tell people what they should do. We help them to think on their own. If you are an invisible mirror, there must be some level of stillness in you for this change process to work. And I know from my own experience that there are times when I enter into a coaching call or meeting and I'm not still. I'd like to share a few things that I've learned over the years with you in hopes of helping you remain still and effective, still and strong. Coaching is really a process where you are immersed in your client and their needs. You need to be focused on them and not yourself. If you focus on yourself, you'll miss out on a great deal. For example, I often train and speak about coaching in the education field. As a part of these sessions, I conduct a short two-minute coaching demonstration with a volunteer. During this time, I demonstrate for the audience how quickly you can help uh, somebody think through a change. And each time I do this, I'm reminded how important it is to be super focused on them. It's quite easy to do for two minutes, and it's really difficult when it comes to maybe a half-hour session, or sometimes I even have two-hour sessions. There, there's a saying we have um, in my circles with a lot of coaches that we talk about thinking and awareness all the time, and it says, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. The goal of coaching is to help them, not you. You want to be outside of the frame, free from distractions, so you can help them see what's in the picture. If you jump into the frame with them, so get caught up in, in their emotions or kind of telling them what to do, you miss out on valuable evidence that might help them raise their awareness. Also, if your mind is wandering and thinking about other things, you won't be able to be effective. So what can make you distracted? That's something to think about and maybe, maybe make a little list. What can make you distracted? Because it, once you identify those things, then you can come up with an action plan for them. So one example is through your own emotions. Emotional triggers, especially in relation to something that your participant is sharing, can pull your mind away from them. This does happen, and as long as it's a momentary thing, that's okay. So when you notice it, just come right back, okay? I, I remember a time when I was working with a client and she was making massive progress towards her goals. Every time we met, it was crazy because I'm like, yes, she is really growing. And then she came in one day and told me that she just found out that her, her mother was dying. And she went on to tell me the whole story about what happened and I, I got stuck for a few minutes. I was thinking about when my own mother was dying. And when I realized that I was there mentally, I said, hmm, I need to come back to the purpose of our meeting because the purpose is not for me to get stuck in that place. It's to help her. So I was able to show her empathy and compassion. Uh, and then I, I turned it just briefly. I asked her, how is this going to affect your journey? So we talked through it, and, and she kind of announced at the end that she was so glad that she came. 
Now here's the key. After that, I took a good 10-minute break before I moved on to ensure that I was mentally ready for the next person. Okay? If you have emotional baggage, you will need some help to put that out of your mind when you're coaching. Okay? Because the whole purpose of coaching is to be there and serve them in the moment. All right, so let's talk about your presence in the process. One way to care for yourself over time is to become more aware. So check in with yourself often and assess what you're feeling, what you're thinking, even what you believe about a certain circumstance or situation. For example, I had a client who lived, uh, let's just say, a very different life than me. Now, I have no problem with this client's choices. They're their choices, not mine. My job is just to be there and help them grow, period. However, I, I found that I had to keep reminding myself of what I just said because our beliefs were so different. So this is the key. My beliefs as a coach have no place in the coaching process. It's not about me. I think about uh, some coaches that I'm dealing with lately and they have come out of the classroom and they are now in roles where they are helping others to become better classroom teachers. And one of the things that they get sucked in all the time is they come in and they say, well, this worked for me, so of course it should work for you. That's not coaching, that's mentoring. And mentoring has its place, but if you're finding any sort of resistance with that person, you've probably entered into a mentoring space where you don't have permission. All right, so another way that you can be present in this process is to have your own coach. If you want to increase your own awareness and be more present in all areas of your life, get your own coach. If you are a professional coach, so you get paid for coaching or leading other people, you need a coach. It is imperative. The ethical guidelines of our profession state this fact. And it's not, not a place of integrity if you don't have a coach. You are asking someone to do something that you won't do yourself. That's not leadership. It's selfish. Take time to focus on your own personal development by reading, reflecting, listening, discussing ideas with others regularly. This helps you take care of you. So when you're with others, this isn't an issue. Okay? Increase your self-awareness and it gives your participants the permission to do the same. That's your ultimate goal. Perfect example, in the mornings, I have my time uh, of study. I have anywhere from one hours to two hours, depending on the day and my schedule, and I know that that is my time. Once I'm done with that, everything else the rest of the day is focused on other people. Now, that's my process. I'm not saying it has to be yours. But what is your process to make sure that you are getting what you need? Okay? All right, now, I want to tell you about what I am terming transitional thinking. 
So this is something I'm currently studying. So I, I don't have all the answers by any means. Uh, I'm becoming more and more fascinated, and I'm sure there's probably research out there that I'll want to look in, into at some time. It's something that I've become more intrigued by, and I'm trying to practice for myself. So some of my coaching clients are actually practicing these skills along with me, so we're doing a grand experiment. Basically, we want to honor what we just did. So you were in a meeting, on a call, doing a project, sending some emails. You want to clear your mind and invite the next thing, whether that be a meeting, a call, a project, or more emails, right, to come your way. Now, this is really the essence of being present. And I found several tricks that really helped me. And I, I have to say that I probably have more transitions in one day than a typical what I call nine to fiver does uh, because I'm in this, this entrepreneur mindset and I have several businesses. And so all that to say, I have a lot of practice with this. Okay, so what we're trying to do is really honor what we just did and say thank you for this time that I had here and get ready for whatever's coming next so that we kind of have a boundary there, right? So that, you know, when you go into the next meeting, you're not feeling like you're bringing the last one with you, okay? So here's a couple tips. And I highly encourage, write them all down, practice them in some way. Some of them are gonna seem easier to you than, than others, there's four of them. I would highly recommend that you practice all four and see which one works best for you, because you might be surprised. So the first one is just breathing, right? Just a simple act of pausing for one minute and breathing deeply helps to reset the brain. So try to, to hold your inhale and your exhale for a count of somewhere between four and seven, whatever feels right to you. Especially on your exhale, as studies show that the increase of certain gases when you exhale helps, the, helps reset the brain. I, I, I don't know how to explain that part. I just know that it's true. Okay, so practice that. Another one is humming. Now, go with me on this one, okay? This is a newer skill for me, and I actually use it in the car all the time, so when I'm traveling from one place to another. When you exhale, you simply hum at the same time. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example now, okay? So I'm going to inhale, and on my exhale, I hum. Couple things that happen. Number one, it always feels weird when you first start, but you get more comfortable. Um, number two, it helps you to hold your exhale longer. So it's kind of, you know, along with our first tip, it, it gives you more oxygen in your brain, okay? Humming causes vibrations throughout your body, and it helps to reoxygenate your brain. It has a very soothing, calming effect. Now, I'm, I'm told by a mentor of mine that if you do it at different octaves, that there are supposed to be different effects, but I haven't really tried that yet. So if you do, you know, let me know how it goes, okay? Uh, another tip is writing. This is one of the first skills that I practiced, and it's just basically you're just writing down a thought or two about what you just did and leaving it on that page. 
So you're taking your brain and putting it on the paper. Okay, so for example, sometimes I have a, a mini notebook with me. So it's like the size of my wallet or my phone. So it's just really small. And I'll write down what I need to do for the day. And then after each thing that I do, so you know, I've got a call, I'll do this blog post, I'll go to this meeting, I have another call, right? You list all these things that you're going to do for the day. And after I do each one of those things, I just put down, you know, one to three words about what did I love when I was doing that? Or what did I learn? So it's something positive. It's a way of thinking, thanking myself for being present at that moment and then kind of shutting the door on that as I move on to the next thing. My one word of caution to some of you, because I know you're more of the, the C-type personality, because once I say do this system, you're going to all of a sudden, I don't know, create a, a spreadsheet or something. Um, keep it simple. Okay, the power is in the process of your thinking, not necessarily which one of these strategies you use. It does not depend on the size or color of your journal or your notebook. Just keep it simple. You don't even have to keep it. Let's say you're in your car going from one meeting to another or in your office and you have a scrap piece of paper. Just write it there, okay? Keep it simple. And then the fourth tip is visualizing. Again, you're, you're pausing and you're thinking about what just happened. So I use this more to think about uh, what I'm heading into, okay? So if I'm going to go into a meeting, I might pause and try to imagine myself sitting in the meeting and listening intently. So whatever you want your goal to be, visualize that. If I'm going in to work with a coaching client, I've actually done this recently, and, and this works for me. I might visualize my ears actually opening up and my eyes intent on their face. Or, you know, whatever crazy thing that just happened, I'm, I might imagine that fading away in the background. So whatever your goal, try to imagine it and then see what happens. So again, try one of those, actually try all four of those, see which one that feels best to you, okay? Now the last one, which I think has the most potential for most everybody on the line. Let's talk about scheduling. So this isn't maybe, you know, about your personal and professional development. It's not really about your thinking, although there's part of that. What I'm talking about is scheduling your day in such a way that you can have boundaries so that when you are doing something, you can honor that and be present. So probably one of the easiest and most difficult ways to be more present um, is in how you choose to schedule your day. Now, I'm not going to spend a great deal of time on this, but let me share a couple thoughts with you. I use a tool that allows me to schedule my priorities rather than prioritize my schedule. Uh, let me assure you, it's going to be a whole other teaching call later, okay? <laughs> um, because that does not do it justice. 
One thing I will do, though, uh, when I post the, the kind of recap video on social media, is I will share the eight categories that I always make sure that I put into my daily schedule. Those are my priorities. And so rather than looking at, you know, here's all my to-do list and where am I going to fit those in and which one is number one, number two, number three, I look at those eight categories first and I say, where am I going to put these in first? And then everything else kind of has to uh, be scheduled around it. Now, for example, one area is business, right? So if I'm having a call or a meeting or whatever, of course, that falls into that. But I have to make sure that I have other things in there as well, okay? So this tool really allows me to put everything in its place. If I'm having a coaching call, I am doing nothing else. If I'm with my kids, I am doing nothing else. I put parameters around my time and I stick to those commitments. I rarely have uh, what somebody might term as unscheduled time. Okay? Now, I don't mean that I'm working all the time. That, that's not what I'm saying at all. I actually schedule in my rest time, my family time, my fun time, even my study time. Okay? None of these things are an afterthought. For example, today, uh, in, in my family, we've got several things happening. Uh, we, I have one child recovering from uh, influenza, and I have another one who's smack dab in the middle of it and um, has been very sick this weekend. Um, and it's spring break. <laughs> so I'm looking at my schedule, and there are certain things that I, I have to get done, um, but I also have this larger time this morning where I don't have anything that I absolutely have to as far as something that is scheduled. And so for me, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, after what I've just endured this past you know, several days, I need a little bit of rest time. And so I have in my schedule time for rest. So when I say I don't have unscheduled time, I mean I'm very particular with my schedule and making sure I put the, the priorities in there. Okay. If you struggle with being present because you always feel guilty, you know, that you're, you're working rather than maybe studying or you're studying rather than being with your family, you know, whatever it is, you've got to have something like this. So if you really want this tool, you can email me at, and listen, guys, I have a new email. So it's at michelle at growbyone.com. Okay, Michelle at growbyone.com, and I can send you this tool that I use and a tip sheet to get you started. Okay? So let me touch really briefly on boundaries. Now, you might say, Michelle, it's, it's great that you can schedule things, but what happens when you're in the middle of a coaching session and somebody walks into your office unannounced and has a need? <laughs> This happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, first of all, if it's an emergency, of course you're going to handle it, right? But most of the time, it's not an emergency, right? So here's what I do. I would say something like this. You know what? I would really like to talk to you about this. 
I have 10 minutes at 1 o'clock today. Does that work for you? Now, one of two things are going to happen. Number one, it was really something that they needed to talk to you about, right? So they're going to come back at 1 o'clock, and you're going to give them the full 10 minutes that you, you promised, okay? Uh, the other thing is going to be that they might not really need to talk to you. They were just kind of like, hey, what's up, right? And and so they're going to forget, all right? So this helps the other person know that you want to honor their request, and it must be on your timetable. And immediately after you've got that situation done, then you return back to what you were doing. Okay? You don't spend time thinking about what might that person want, what are we going to talk about, you know, what's the problem. Nope, you just come right back to what you're doing. Okay? It's as simple and difficult as that. Uh, another skill I often use when going into something new on my schedule is just to say to myself, I'm going into this conversation to help and serve. Whatever I just did is no longer with me. I can come back to it when I need to, but right now, this is what I'm doing. You would be surprised at how well that works. Okay, You can come up with whatever your, your statement is, but you're basically setting the intention in your mind, whatever I just did is great, and wherever I left it is just fine. And I'll come back to it if I need to, and what I'm doing right now is really important. Okay, try it. That's all I ask, just try it. So the key is really to find what works for you. So if your goal is to become more aware and present, you will find a way. Let me say that again. If your goal is to become more aware and present, you will find a way. Okay? So this call is really meant to be kind of, okay, here, let me help you create some checkboxes if that's what you need. And I want you to keep checking in with yourself and seeing what you need. Okay? Because I'm just giving you tips and tricks that I found that work for me or some of my colleagues. You might find something different. And if you do, let me know. All right, so your homework for this week is to identify which of these things you struggle with the most, okay? Which do you hand, seem to handle really well? So this idea of transitional thinking, being present, or scheduling, okay? How could you maximize what you do well and bring that into the areas where you struggle? So maybe you find that you, you're really good at scheduling, um, but this whole idea of transitional thinking is a little different. So how can you schedule in transitional thinking time? Okay. What is one thing that you can do this week to practice being more present with someone? Your answers to those questions really make up your action plan. Okay. So next week, uh, I am so excited. 
I had to, to push pause on some things I was doing yesterday because as I was creating this script, I realized that I really, really wanted to create the script for next week. But next week's call is on my favorite coaching questions. So if you struggle with asking the right coaching questions when you're in that process, or maybe you, know, you, you don't know how to ask questions really well, I'm going to share with you my favorite ones, not, not so that you can kind of cut and paste and use this uh, verbatim, but just to show you how you can come up with different kinds of questions that could help you. All right? I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, amazingly aware, persistently present, and confidently coaching the people in your personal and professional life. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week, and we'll touch base with you next week. All right. Bye-bye.